Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. This is West Virginia Outdoors with Chris Lawrence. You'll have big fish. Well, you'll have several big fish to run pretty close to 10 pounds. This vehicle's actually been rolled over more than once. I'll try not to add to that legacy today, if you don't mind. Most of your blood trail dogs, for the most part, they're dash hounds, wiener dogs. Some people use labs. Some people use pit bulls. But for the most part, on leash is a wiener dog. West Virginia's only outdoor radio show. Proudly presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails. With over 600 miles of ATV trails located in the rich mountains of southern West Virginia. And now, here's West Virginia's voice of the outdoors, Chris Lawrence. Hey, welcome in everybody to another edition of Hunting and Fishing on the Radio. It's West Virginia Outdoors brought to you by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails. Where their uh, permits... Are now on sale. What a great Christmas gift that would make to your four-wheeling friends. Yeah, why not? A year-long pass on the Hatfield-McCoy trails, that would work. If you like to ride, that's the place to be. And uh, speaking of that part of the country, we're going to talk about uh, Southern West Virginia today on the show because I'm dedicating the entire show to a group of pretty inspired folks. I Last Monday night, I got invited and I went to a meeting down at Matewan, and uh, the meeting was pretty much the organizational meeting of the Friends of the Tug Fork River. And this all started with a Facebook page, and it has grown from there. And they are on the cusp of really moving forward with restoring that waterway. So I got a chance to talk to everyone who was there presenting that night, and we'll, uh, we'll hear some of those stories and some of the ideas they've got for the future of the Tug Fork and what they hope to accomplish there coming up over the course of the next hour. Hope you'll uh, hope you'll stick around and listen to that. And also, I uh, write about it on the outdoors page of wvmetronews.com. But before we get to that this morning, uh, some other news to pass along to you. The fall turkey hunting harvest is in. Last week we talked about the deer harvest, but this week the uh, the fall turkey numbers are down. Not as many fall hunters as there used to be. Do you still fall turkey hunt? I'm asking Coop. I know you don't fall turkey hunt, but I'm I'm just asking that rhetorical question. When I was a kid, we used to turkey hunt in the fall all the time. That was a big deal. Now, I never had any success because there weren't that many turkeys back when I was a kid. But, oh, yeah, everybody talked about it. Everybody went. I can't say that I even really knew what I was doing at the time. But, yeah, it was a big deal. Turkey hunting in the fall, just that was a thing. And we did it in the spring, too, but the fall was just as big. It doesn't seem like that's the case anymore. A lot of, a lot of diehards still do it. But uh, as you look at the numbers, you can tell there aren't as many people doing it. 948 turkeys were killed in West Virginia in the 2017 season. 
according to the numbers released by the DNR. That's down 54% from last year and 23% below the five-year average. So the 2017 season is uh, more on par with the typical season, according to what the uh, DNR put out here. Uh, brood production was down from last year. Mass conditions good, meaning the birds are spread out a lot more and the conditions make it a lot more difficult for hunters to bag a bird. Now, top counties for hunting, guess who was number one? Yeah, no shock there. Preston County, 55, though. 55 birds killed in Preston County. Uh, Monroe County was second with 51. Randolph County, no shock there. Third place, they had 38. And Nicholas County uh, was fourth. Actually, you know, let me let me go back. I, I misspoke there. That was actually Greenbrier County was number one. Greenbrier County had 64 turkeys killed, and then Preston was second, followed by Monroe, Randolph, and Nicholas County. I misread the release here. My fault. But, yeah, Greenbrier County number one. But uh, it was a four-week season, and except for in Preston County, they had a two-week season. So that's the skinny on the uh, fall turkey numbers, 948 birds taken statewide. So there's the information. Do with it what you will. I want to invite you, too, to send us a picture uh, of your game or fish or whatever you've caught or killed, and you're proud of it. We'd like to see it. Uh, and we um, you might win a prize. It's called the Ram Trophy Photo Contest, and it's on the outdoors page at wvmatronews.com. Submit your picture to us, and we'll post it up there with everybody else. And then you can go and take a look at all the ones we've received. We've received some really cool pictures. You need to go on there and just scroll through them. There's getting close to 100 or more on there, and hopefully we can get even more than that because the contest runs all the way through February. So Get it in. we got more drawings coming your way, and the sooner you get it in, the sooner you'll be eligible for the drawings because the drawings come once a month. And uh, they're random. It doesn't matter if you've got the biggest fish or the biggest buck. I mean, you might even just have a doe. doesn't matter. If it's a trophy to you, it's a trophy to us. And what we do is we let the computer randomly select our winner each month, and that's what we will uh, that, that's what we'll go on. And yours just might be the one. But I also invite you, too, if you've not got anything to submit, you just scroll through there and take a look at some of the, uh, the hunting and fishing pictures. They're not all from West Virginia, although, you know, 99% of them are, but that's not a requirement. Uh, some guys send me stuff they killed out west, or maybe they went fishing offshore last summer and caught some tarpon or whatever. That's fine. We'll take those as well. Uh, if you did it, you're, you're eligible. And I know there's a lot of people that uh, listen to, to us from out of state. You're, you're invited to share something as well. We're all... We're all outdoors people here, and we all love to see uh, hunting and fishing pics. So whatever you want to send, as long as it's a tasteful photo and is not uh, in such a, a manner that we, we couldn't post it. There's some things there. Over the time, over the course of doing this, I guess I've rejected maybe two or three that I just said, you know, we can't post that. So, And you kind of know what I'm getting at. It has to be something that is not going to be disrespectful to hunting or to fishing or to the animal, you know. And, and show you know show some class as you're doing it. But most people do. It's, it's usually not the bigger problem. But it's on the outdoors page at wbmetronews.com. The Ram Trucks Trophy Photo Contest. Go there and check it out and submit yours to us today. Well, like I said, coming up on the show today, the Tug Fork River that forms the border between West Virginia and Kentucky, and in some cases West Virginia and Virginia. Uh, it, it stretches all the way up into uh, McDowell County, lying along the border with Buchanan County, Virginia there. Uh, that That's going to be the subject of the show. Meeting held at Mate One back on Monday night where they got together and, and put together the organization that they hope will restore that river and make it a tourist attraction to southern West Virginia, generating 
uh, a new source of revenue down there. So we'll talk about that coming up in just a moment right after this. Great news. 2018 Hatfield-McCoy trail permits are now on sale. Get your West Virginia annual resident permit for only $26.50 and take the Seven Trails Challenge. Find out if you've got what it takes to ride all seven heart-pounding, pulse-racing trails in just a year. Go online or see a Hatfield-McCoy Trails retailer and take the challenge today. And don't forget HMT's Bearwalla Off-Road Park for Jeeps, Hummers, and all full-sized off-road vehicles. Hatfield-McCoy Trails, your ticket to ATV paradise. Hey, everybody, if you're a sportsman, you've got stuff, lots of stuff, and you need a place to keep it. Well, I've got the answer. Give the guys at Eastern Buildings a call. At Eastern Buildings, they can custom design and build a building that suits your needs. Whether it's a place to store your four-wheelers and your boat, or how about a man cave you've always wanted? Talk to the guys at Eastern Buildings for a fast and free quote right over the phone. See some of their work online at easternbuildings.com. Financing's available. Eastern Buildings, they're building for you. This is West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trail System on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Whoa, a digital music player. Thanks, Mom. Glad you like it. We can finally toss out that old massive stereo. Mom, you can't just throw out electronics. They need to be recycled or donated. Recycled? Like aluminum cans? Yeah. You just go to greenergadgets.org, enter your zip code, and it tells you where the nearest certified recycling center is. Um, I knew that. Okay, Mom. Recycling electronics is as easy as buying them. Log on to greenergadgets.org to find electronics recycling options near you. We will not be an easy target. We will never roll over and let pain plan our day. Or let an ache tell us what we can and cannot do. We will not linger on the sofa. Ask somebody else to bring us the mail. Or take the parking space closest to the door. But what we will do is take action. We will plan ahead. We will protect our bodies and fight back by moving. Lace up our sneakers and grab our tennis rackets. We will bowl. We will do our morning laps and bike ride through Saturday afternoon. We will walk our dogs around the block. We will pass up the elevator and proudly take the stairs. Because arthritis can't beat us if we beat it first. In the fight against arthritis, you need a weapon. What's yours? To learn more, visit us at fightarthritispain.org. This message brought to you by the Arthritis Foundation and the Ad Council. My son Aiden has asthma. Secondhand smoke has triggered his asthma so badly, he ended up in the emergency room and spent multiple nights in intensive care. Now he's on a whole bunch of medications. My tip to you is, don't be shy about telling people not to smoke around your kids. Half of U.S. kids are exposed to secondhand smoke. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trail System in Southern West Virginia. Glad to have you along, wherever you might be listening in this morning. 
Well, you know, back earlier this week, uh, I got invited to a meeting in Mate One, and I thought, what the heck, I'm going down to check this out because the nature of the meeting was such that it would be something that I thought would be significant to listeners of this show. All over West Virginia, there has been a lot of efforts to restore a lot of streams that have been absolutely abused over the course of the last hundred years in West Virginia. We're, we're starting to reach a point now in time where folks are starting to say, you know what, there's a lot of value to these streams. If we can just clean them up, get the fish to thrive in them again, and then tell that story to the world. And the folks who are now in the process of doing it, it's already been done in places like Cheat River. It's been done on the, on the uh, Coal River and now and the guy and dot as well and now they're starting to tell that story on the tug fork the border water between virginia and kentucky down in southern west virginia so uh, we got together down in mate one and i attended this meeting of the friends of the tug fork which was i guess you would call this their organizational meeting and man what a turnout they had probably more than 100 people who were there and really, they got a lot of people interested. It started out as a social media campaign, but from there, it kind of blossomed into this, and the next step will probably be now to start, you know, putting some things together. Well, you need somebody who knows how to do that, and the person in this organization that has experience in this area would be Christy Bailey. Christy is the executive director of the National Coal Heritage Area. She addressed the crowd, told them a lot about what they were going to have to do because she's been through this and was very instrumental in the work that was done to um, recover the Guyandot River. And I had an opportunity afterward to talk to her about that and the work that happened on the Guyandot. It was actually designated quite a few years ago, the Greater Kanawha Valley Resource Development Corporation had it designated. But we kind of pulled the group back together and started working on uh, getting access sites, getting a website, getting maps done, brochures, um, so that we can promote it as a water trail. Did it start out kind of like this one, uh, like the guy, like the tug is doing here? It did. There were a lot of public meetings and community meetings pulling people together. Um, and then it kind of languished for a few years, but there was always interest in it. Um, folks in Lincoln County have been done a lot of work, very, very interested in it. So it started like this, and uh, so we brought that group back together to, to move forward on it. And, and that can happen. I mean, there's a lot of interest at first, and then suddenly when you have to start doing some work, then, then the, the, the crowd thins considerably. Or if one person leaves, you know, that's kind of the spearhead. Um, luckily, we had an AmeriCorps VISTA member that we were able to put to work on the guy and Dot, and he kept that group moving forward. And so now they're ready to be their own nonprofit and, and move off on their own. Now, you had a lot of people here that, that helped organize this, and you called them up and said, hey, I've got some experience here. Let me at least get you started in the right direction. Pretty much. We were... People, we got several calls going, you know, we want to do the Tug River as a water trail. Um, Pete Runyon has, of course, been very interested in it. Uh, Joe Baggett here at, the, at Mate One has been a huge help. So we thought, well, it's time to pull people together and stop talking about it and move forward with it. What, what is a water trail? When you say that, that actually means something. And it, that designation really 
helps you to develop this uh, this river, doesn't it? It does. Um, it's in West Virginia. You have to be designated by the Department of Highways as a water trail. It's an application process, um, and until that's done, you're not eligible for recreational trails grants to, to use to develop access points. And then it's also on all of the maps that go out, all of the official trail maps the state puts out. Then the water trail is on there as an as an official trail. And that also qualifies you to draw down grant money and things like that. It does. It does. That designation brings brings benefits with it, um, and and then it's promotable too. Talk a little bit about what needs to be done here. Um, there's obviously this, this this river has a history of abuse and, and misuse. Uh, there has to be, I, I would have to think, water quality and just cleaning up the garbage has to be job number one. Yeah, those are really important things. I mean, we're, that's, we're going to form committees around that to help do that work. Um, those, are, those are really important to a part of this. Um, we need a lot more access sites. Um, on, the, on the West Virginia side, there's not many. Um, the Kentucky side, they're working on several on the Kentucky side, but we need them on both sides. Um, so those, those are all things that need to happen. That's a real advantage to this waterway is that you've actually got two states working on it. So I mean, some would look at that as a disadvantage, but really it could be an advantage as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, probably half of the people here are from Kentucky that came over to, to do it. I think, I think a, a joint state project it has a lot of benefit to it. And obviously the ultimate goal here is to develop this river to make people want to come here to fish, to kayak, to camp, to spend a week, to vacation, and that ultimately is going to lead to private investment surrounding what's done here. That's that's the that's the whole thing. Um, we know that the Hatfield McCoy trails have had a lot of success in this region, but we also know that people want other things to do. Uh, and we're also appealing to a different audience. So yeah, the whole thing is to put put heads in beds, put people in campgrounds, in restaurants, and shops, so that we can benefit economically from it. Yeah, and if you can draw them here for the Hatfield McCoy Trail. The, the same cabins and bed and breakfast and so forth. I mean, that, that doubles the clientele possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. We've had in uh, Logan County several of the people that cater to the Hatfield McCoy Trail, so now they're written kayaks. So it's adding to their income stream because that's another thing that they can offer to people. So it's, it's an important piece of it. So good to talk to you. Thanks so much. Well, thank you very much. That's Christy Bailey, the executive director of the National Coal Heritage Area, talking about the work that's lying ahead for those who want to restore the Tug Fork River and bring it back to, uh, to something that will become a tourist attraction for the region. Well, this whole idea, you know, these kind of ideas always start with one or two people. Well, the guy who really was the ramrod and instrumental on this one had an opportunity to talk to him, and we'll have his story coming up in a moment. In West Virginia, wildlife is for everyone, and the West Virginia DNR works to keep it that way. Every year, West Virginia's Division of Natural Resources manages thousands of acres of public land and water, ensuring the future of our great natural resources in the Mountain State. Our state is a haven for all species of wildlife, game and non-game, and draws thousands each year to enjoy our rich outdoor heritage. When you buy a hunting or fishing license or take a stroll in our forest to view wildlife, you're enjoying what the DNR has made possible. The West Virginia DNR, working to ensure wildlife is for everyone. 
The Ram Trophy Room is back. If you killed a nice buck or caught a trophy fish, we'd like to help you show it off to the world at WVMetroNews.com. Size doesn't matter. If it's a trophy to you, it's a trophy to us. Go to the outdoors page of WVMetroNews.com, click the Ram Trophy Room icon, and submit. We have four monthly prizes to be drawn randomly from all entrants, from Steel, Grizzly, and Ram Outfitters, plus the grand prize of $500 gift card for Mopar products to be drawn in February. The Ram Trucks Trophy Photo Contest at the outdoors page of WVMetroNews.com. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trail System on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. There are lots of ways your family can avoid the flu. Like moving to a distant island for the entire flu season. But the best way is to get your family vaccinated against flu. Flu can be serious for everyone, even really healthy people. Young kids and older people are especially at risk. So is anyone with a health condition like asthma or diabetes. That's why everyone six months and older should get a flu vaccine every year. It's easy. A lot easier than moving to a distant island. Find a nearby place to get vaccinated at flu.gov. Brought to you by HHS. Hey there, it's me, John. I'm just a regular dad, but I'm a big deal at my house, mostly because I'm there. That's half of being a great dad, showing up. The other part is tricky. Let's use a simple test to see if you can figure out that other part, shall we? What is this sound? Thanks, Dad. I know it's only two words. Could be the sound of gratitude. That's the obvious guess, but listen carefully. Thanks, Dad. There's a lot of history in those two words, a lot of time spent understanding each other, admitting mistakes, making changes, expressing feelings. Those two words are really saying respect. Now that's a hard thing to teach. Respect yourself, your parents, your teachers, your fellow human beings. Wow, can a kid learn all that just by spending more time with his father? Well, it's a start. This message brought to you by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Introducing the YMCA. Sure, you know the Y for a swim or a game of hoops, but we're more than that. We're a cause. When you take a jump shot at the Y, someone else is getting job training. Practice yoga as a team practices her leadership skills. We give people of all ages, incomes, and backgrounds a chance to learn, grow, and thrive. So while you might think of the Y as the place for lifting weights, we're also about lifting entire communities. That's the Y. We're so much more. Visit ymca.net slash more. on West Virginia Outdoors. Merry Christmas, y'all. Speaking of that, we will uh, be on the air in studio next week. Live show uh, on the, what, Saturday before Christmas on Monday. So it'll be Christmas Eve Eve. But, yeah, I'll be here. We'll be live. And, heck, I don't know what we'll be talking about. But we'll get into something. Won't be too heavy, I promise. I mean, we're not going to do that around Christmas. But might be an opportunity to just share a little bit. But either way, we'll be here next Saturday and hope you'll be with us as well. we got to finish up this Saturday first, though, and today's topic is the effort to restore the Tug Fork River 
in southern West Virginia. This is a waterway that over the years has been absolutely abused and misused. But you would be amazed at the uh, comeback that it has made quietly that probably not a lot of people know about. But, you know, when you've got an effort like this, you're always going to have at least one or two people who are just advocates. That's what it takes is somebody that's absolutely not going to take no for an answer. They want to see this done. Well, in the tug, the case of the Tug Fork, that guy is Pete Runyon. I met Pete a few years ago. He's from Belfry, Kentucky, and has been a longtime listener to this show. And um, and he contacted me about this because he, and what really what he contacted me about was he was he was trying to get a reciprocal agreement for a fishing license on the tug because unlike the Ohio and uh, and over in Maryland the uh, the North Branch of the Potomac there was no reciprocal agreement uh, between Kentucky and West Virginia to fish there and it's probably because nobody in Frankfurt or frankly in Charleston ever thought about fishing there. But suddenly he said, "You know what? We need to do this." And and through that, and believe me, he 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 got into the <laughs> the minds of the fish biologist in the, in the Kentucky and West Virginia capital until he got this done. But instead of being satisfied with getting that reciprocal agreement, he said, "We're moving on to the next step here." And I had an opportunity to talk to him about the passion he has for this river and why it's so important to him, because he has definitely been the one that has put this together. And I talked to him about why that river is so special. To, uh, to him and a lot of the people he knows in that part of the country. Well, I started fishing with my children about oh, 15 years ago on the river, and since then, I've just become to love catching fish on the river and floating and doing the things we do that, you know, we just do with family. It's a family-oriented thing, and it is absolutely great here. Some, a lot of people would probably be shocked to hear that that you float the tug fork, that you, you catch fish out of the tug fork because the river doesn't have that great of a reputation, but so much has changed in the past 10, 20, 30 years here. I'm 60 years old. The river is now cleaner than it has been in my lifetime. We have many fish on here. The best smallmouth I saw this year was 23 and a half inches. We've got many five pound fish. It's on a, a Facebook page that we have, catfish, uh, We've got a few musky in the river even now, but uh, the quality of the water and the quality of just everything about the river is so much better now. That's not to say that there isn't work to do. Oh, no, we have work <laughs> to do. I mean, you know, you can't have the reputation the Tug Fort's had over the years, but it is so much better, and this is the start of something good. We're going to start cleanups. We're going to build ramps. My main objective is to get Kentucky and West Virginia to work together. The West Virginia folks are out here in great force today. So it, 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 it would seem that with the history of this area that the two states would be arguing over the best way to do this. But it's really an advantage. As I was talking to Christy, it's an advantage. You've got the forces of two states working on this waterway, whereas the Guy Nut and the Coal River and so forth, they've got one state. You've got two on this one to work on it. Yeah, what we're going to try to do is work together on our access sites and kind of stagger them back and forth. So that way, we don't each stake doesn't have to utilize all of its access points just in one area. Kentucky can pick up part of them. West Virginia can pick up part of them. We've got one section from Warfield to Fort Gay, you know, the Kermit area from Fort Gay, 34 and a half miles of river that... There is no public access on either side of the river. And then this just has to change. Mm -hmm. And as we heard tonight, 
it doesn't have to be anything extravagant or expensive. I mean, just clearing a spot that you can get a kayak down to and park a car. That's exactly right. Because if, if we got somebody wants to start a campground or a kayak business, and they can't get in the river, or they're blocked from where they're presently going, yeah, they're out of business. So this is the start of tourism on the Tug Fork River, and boy, are we glad to see the reception we had tonight here in the town of Maitland. Yeah, you 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 sort of organized this. You got you generated the interest and created a, a Facebook page of all things. <laughs> Who would have ever thought? I, you know what? I, I, I didn't even know anything about Facebook, and a year ago I started a Facebook page called Friends of the Tug Fork River. Well, even Chris is on it here. But you can go on there and look at the photos. If nothing else, just look at the photos and come and see the activity that's here in eastern Kentucky and southern West Virginia. This southern West Virginia community, there's a lot of history here. And, obviously, the coal uh, business is not what it was and probably is never going to be what it was years ago so you got to find something else to fall back on here yes we do and, and i'm telling you outdoor activity kayaking canoeing fishing there's people that go from all over the world to come like to the new river for example the the people that started the rafting businesses on the kayak on the new river years ago you know this is what we're looking for for the kayaking and canoeing and water activities on the tug fork. It's here, we've got it, we just got to tell people and start somewhere. Tonight's the start of that. It's been done in other places. We've, we've, we've featured on the show before the work that's done by the Coal River Group. Uh, they, they've done magnificent work. Uh, a fellow from the DEP at the presentation tonight talked about the Friends of Cheap up in the northern part of the state. That, that has been an amazing turnaround of that river. So. It's not like you have to reinvent the wheel here. The, the template for doing this is here. No, I'll tell you what, you're 100% right, Chris, and I have to take my hat off to Bill Curry over on the Coal River. I'm, you know, even I've been going up through that area for a long time, and I mean, the difference in that river is amazing. And there's a group on the Gyandot doing the same thing. I, I'm telling you, we're moving here in southern West Virginia on our river accesses and kayaking and activities outside. Tell, tell me real quickly where people can go if they want to learn more about what you all are doing here. Well, right now, uh, my Facebook page, Friends of the Tug Fork River, but I really want to thank you for coming down. I'm a big fan. <laughs> well, I appreciate you listening. Thanks for inviting me down, and we'll, uh, we'll continue to follow this and see where it goes. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. That's Pete Runyon from Belfry, Kentucky, one of the guys who has certainly been a leader in putting together this, uh, this effort to restore uh, the Tug Fork River. Well, like I said earlier, you would not be, you would not believe the improvements on the Tug Fork River. Probably believe because you don't know a whole lot about them. Most people in West Virginia have never even seen the Tug Fork River, let alone fished it. And the image you probably have of it is not what you, what it is. What you think is not what it is. And convincing people that the, the things have changed is going to be the task of this group that has now been put together, Friends of the Tug Fork River. But uh, Kentucky biologist Kevin Fry, fish biologist Kevin Fry, uh, has been working in, on this river for a long time, and I got an opportunity to talk to him about those improvements, and we'll hear what he had to say. Coming up in a moment, right after this. 
Metro News isn't just radio. It's a multimedia company that uses powerful tools like television, radio, and the Internet to help regional and statewide businesses brand and grow their market share. Our website, wvmetronews.com, boasts an average of over 660,000 unique monthly visitors and over 3.3 million average monthly page views. This allows our advertisers to brand themselves with people who depend on wvmetronews.com for their daily news, sports, and the latest government affairs. Experienced Metro News consultants develop digital advertising campaigns that offer aggressive creative digital strategies including geofencing and search site and contextual retargeting to drive traffic to your website. These proven digital strategies result in highly qualified leads and an increased customer base for your business. Email info at wvmetronews.com to set up your free business consultation. That's info at wvmetronews.com. It's West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. My grades were bad. I appeared to be doing good at my school life, but if you would see me at home, it would have been a completely different story. I mean, it was just rough focusing on school when your mother is somebody you have to take care of. There are students who need somebody. Communities and Schools is helping more than 1.3 million kids get whatever they need to succeed in school. You can help change the picture of education at communitiesandschools.org. I hear people say we can't save every kid, but I think that we can. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. We leave no warrior behind. Wounded Warrior Project is a nonprofit organization created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war. Whether those scars are physical or mental, we're here to make sure that they heal. And whether it's helping those with post-traumatic stress disorder live a normal life again, or giving much needed support to injured warriors and veterans hospitals, because no one deserves our help more than the men and women who risk their lives to keep us safe. Wounded Warrior Project, we never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. For our troops and their families, the military is more than a career. It's a journey, and every step along the way, the USO is there. It's an experience that that soldier will never forget. That's what the USO does. From the time they join to the time they transition out of the military, the USO is there, offering programs and support along the way. It's way more than a free phone call for us. It's an opportunity to stay mom, and the USO makes it all possible. Be a part of their journey. Learn more today at USO.org. Good. 
And Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome back to West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails. This morning we are discussing the efforts and plans lying ahead to restore the Tug Fork River in southern West Virginia, the water that stretches literally from McDowell County all the way down to the Big Sandy River down around Fort Gay in Wayne County, and it forms the border of West Virginia and Kentucky. So many West Virginians have probably never even seen this waterway, but they, this group is hoping to change that because... They want the river to be cleaned up and restored and uh, then marketed and, and become a draw to southern West Virginia to come down and visit them and take advantage of the waterway. You may say, well, why in the heck would I drive all the way down to Mingo County to go fishing in a, in, a, in a water that is an absolute mess? Well, it's not the mess that you might have thought it was. Over the course of the past 30 years, you would probably be amazed at the changes and the transformation that the waterway has taken. Kevin Fry is with the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife uh, Department. He's the fish biologist for the eastern region of Kentucky that includes the Tug Fork River, and he's been with the agency since back in the 1980s. And he addressed the crowd back on Monday night at that meeting they had, and he said, you know, the the changes and the improvement in just the, the quality and the numbers of fish has been remarkable. Earlier talking about uh, from early to mid-1980s, uh, for Tug Fork, Leviza Fork, Russell Fork in this area, uh, all these streams we've seen about a in fork four in times increase in the number of fish. So um, early 1980s at Tug Fork with our electrofishing sample we do from a boat. Uh, generally, we's looking at just for smallmouth bass, say uh, seven to ten fish an hour. Uh, here today, 2016, 2017, uh, a lot of times, different areas of the Tug Fork we go out, we're looking at 35 to 45, maybe 50 fish an hour. Wow. Yeah, yeah, a big difference. What what can you attribute that to? I mean, has there been work to improve the water quality here? Has it been less mining? What what has what has created the conditions that would have allowed that to happen? I couldn't point my finger at any one certain thing, but definitely the water quality, uh, the uh, clarity of the water is definitely been an improvement since that time period. Mm -hmm. um, and other than maybe some high water events spring and then in fall or winter, we'll have a lot of years here recent with spring through summer just having good clear water quality the whole time through mm -hmm. and really to make that fishery succeed year after year that food chain we need it to be good from however you want to look at it bottom up or top down mm -hmm. and for the different plankton uh, that the newly hatched fish would rely on uh, to older fish relying on them small smaller fish we just get a better abundance, better growth of everything. Yeah. Uh, but you, you, I, I don't. You can't point a finger at exactly coal mining, logging, agriculture. Uh, I think over time, just some different maybe laws, rules we've had on how this industry can conduct their work, what they got to follow. Uh, 
maybe the people in agriculture are logging, even doing better practices, just the overall quality. So it's an aggregate of a lot of things yeah. that were changed with, an, with a goal of improving yes. things like that. So, what, now, b before we, we pat ourselves too much on the back, there's still water quality issues in yeah. this river that have yeah. got to be addressed. Talk a little about those. There's still... Since that early 80s, dramatic improvement with the, you know the sedimentation rates, uh, but at times we can still have that improved. Uh, I have to believe that the sewage treatment is an issue as well. It is on every other river. Yeah. So. Uh, that's an issue. Over time, that's improved, but still has a long way to go. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some stuff helping with that where. Uh, a person building a new residence or selling, setting up a new home, a lot of times before the utility electrics hooked up, that, that sewer system has to be in and approved. Uh, so that's helping with a lot of new residences coming in. Mm -hmm. they're, they're having to have a septic system. Yeah, yeah, instead of the straight. Discharge. You, you mentioned, and you've done this on some other other waterways. And when it comes to access, you you, you said something interesting. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a paved parking lot and a concrete two lane ramp. I mean, for for the kind of access we're talking about here, this is largely for paddle boats, paddle you know, canoes, kayaks, things like that. And, and it, it's not nearly as substantial a, an access point. Correct. Uh, the other point was trying to make is that um, they can you can get a lot more uh, bang for your buck or your dollar with uh, just having a good parking area and a clear access to the stream. You could have several of those sites for minimal dollars, mm -hmm. where the nice site with a concrete ramp that'll let a bass boat get in, uh, plus parking. Uh, regulated uh, turnaround site um, it's a it's a lot of dollars and I think most communities will find they put one of those in and they're broke yeah well and let's face it this is not a river that you put bass boats on correct I mean come on yeah. <laughs> you, know, it, uh, you can throw a rock across this river in most places yeah. so so kayaks which are so popular these days and canoes and Paddle boats and things like that, rab, rubber rafts and so forth, that's probably the kind of access you're going to need here. Yeah, that's going to be the major part of it. Uh, it the boats that could really take advantage of it are going to be very few, some jet boats or mm -hmm. uh, spe specialized boats. Sure. So you're, you're correct, uh, kayaks, canoes, um, a John boat that can be handled uh, by hand. Uh, mm -hmm. One one final thought, and we saw, I, I guess there were probably 100 people or more here at this meeting this evening. I mean, it was a rem remarkable turnout. When you start getting that many people interested and people get personally invested in this, things start to happen. People start to take a little more pride and a little ownership of that river, and that that is invaluable. I, I'm sure you've seen that in other places. That's going to be super great here because other projects, I've went to meetings like this, and your crowd is uh, 15 people or so, and they're all uh, politicians or uh, local officials. Mm -hmm. Those positions maybe change every three or four years. Um, and that three or four year, a new person's elected, and that work's done. Mm -hmm. It's forgot. Um, where you have this many interested uh, 
uh, sportsmen, uh, local businesses. Uh, they're going to be vested in it for the long haul. Sure. Well, it's good to talk to you, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll keep in touch on this, and y'all keep uh, doing a good work on the other side of the river over there. I appreciate the time with you. <laughs> That's Kevin Fry, fisheries biologist for the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife, talking about the Tug Fork River. Well, we got to take our final break here, but one of the things that that the uh, the folks down in in Mingo County in southern West Virginia are hoping here is that. The water will, A, be cleaned up, two, will become fishable, and three, they can market it to bring people in. And that, by nature, would lead to investment and creation of business, opportunity, and entrepreneurs and jobs in southern West Virginia, making tourism, continuing to try and make tourism uh, a bigger piece of the economic pie than on there than it is right now. But it's already starting to take root. Even in that room, as we were talking the other night, there were several people there that owned bed and breakfast that own uh, campgrounds, that own rental uh, facilities where they, they rent out either four-wheelers or, or kayaks or both, uh, things along those lines that they, they run businesses that cater to tourists, and that's what they're trying to attract there. When we come back, I got an opportunity to talk to one of them who, uh, who took up the task and, and believes that this work that the uh, Friends of Tug Fork wants to do would certainly enhance what he's trying to do uh, as his new occupation, an entrepreneur. We'll talk to him coming up in a moment, but first got to get this word from the good folks at Ram Trucks, made for those who stand apart. Long live joy. With great deals to close out the year at the Ram Big Finish event on Ram 1500 and its available class-exclusive four-corner air suspension, which gives you the ability to raise or lower the truck with the push of a button and helps make sure nothing keeps you from working hard for the loved ones who bring you joy. So hurry in because while 1,500 and all Ram trucks are proven to last, these deals won't be around forever. Now get 0% APR financing for 72 months, plus $1,000 bonus cash on all 2017 Ram 1500 trucks. Hurry to the Ram Big Finish event today. Class based on light duty pickups. More than 80% of Ram trucks in each model year 2003 to 2016 are still on the road today based on the July 1st, 2017 snapshot of IHS market BIO registration data. 0% APR financing for 72 months equals $13.89 per month for 1000 finance for well qualified buyers regardless of down payment when financed through Chrysler Capital. See dealer for details. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 1218. Ram is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors presented by the Hatfield McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Over the past 50 years, SCORE mentors have helped more than 10 million small business owners succeed for free. Starting business can be incredibly confusing. SCORE really helped me steer the course. Whatever the business, there's a SCORE mentor who can help you reach your goals. SCORE mentors are serious business experts. Are you starting or growing a business? Be one of the next 10 million small businesses helped for free by SCORE. Get your free business mentor at SCORE.org. They just told us right away that we're going to house you, we're going to feed you, and every single one of his medical bills is just all taken care of. They've saved my family from financial ruin. It allowed me and my wife both to focus on the most important thing, which was the health and well-being of our son. We have phenomenal research, outstanding clinical care, and the generosity of public, which allow us to treat patients regardless of what it takes. And that's what makes St. Jude so magical. At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food, because the only thing a family should worry about is helping their child live. Doctors send us the toughest cases to be treated at St. Jude, and our patients come from all over the world. 
When we come here, they told me, don't worry, everything's been taken care of. We could never repay St. Jude for what they've given us. Because of you. Gracias a ti. Because, because of, of you. you. There is St. Jude. Someone in your town, at your school, or where you work is suffering from Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. They're dealing with excruciating pain and days when they can't even get out of bed. Chances are someone you know has Crohn's or colitis. Someone like me. I'm Amy Brenneman, and I'm asking you to support the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America to help millions of us cope and to find cures. Visit ccfa.org today to learn more. Help someone you know get back to their lives at ccfa.org. Old Santa, he shook off the ice and snow, pulled his sleigh and then yelled, let's go. All the little toys were happy to be, cause they were so bright and new. A little piano then started to play, old Santa began to swing and to sway. Thought he heard a toy drum start to beat, but he found it worked the rhythm of the reindeer's feet. The reindeer boogied in the middle of the road, tonight we have a mighty big load. Don't boogie to the left, no boogie to the right, do the reindeer boogie this Christmas Eve night. Oh, that'll get you up and going this morning, won't it? Welcome back. Final segment of West Virginia Outdoors coming up. Merry Christmas, y'all. And, uh, again, we'll be here next weekend, so I hope you'll join us as well and spend a little of your Christmas weekend with us next Saturday morning here on the show. We're talking this morning about efforts to restore the Tug Fork River and make it into a tourism destination for southern West Virginia. And I think what we've really concluded, at least what I gleaned from the meeting that I attended last Monday night, down a mate one that was attended by more than 100 people. And, yes, there were some of the normal politicians that always show up to all this stuff, but there were some just normal citizens, guys that like to fish, and, you know, people that were interested in uh, in seeing the thing cleaned up and, and taking some pride and ownership of the thing. And that's what you got to have for this to be successful. All the politicians in the world can't make it happen without – the grassroots people that, you know, have no, the, the only stake they have in it is their passion to do it. So that was good to see. And I think because of that, there's going to be success. But what I was able to glean from this is what's going to have to happen. First, going to have to get this group organized. And second, the first thing, they, or the first thing they've got to do is get that water trail designation, which creates uh, an avenue to get grants and funding and things like that to do a lot of the work that needs to be done. What needs to be done? Well, you need to clean up the trash. Need to figure out a way to, to get the sewage cleaned up. Uh, you need to make it a little more attractive, and you need to have access to it. You need to have ways to get in and out of the water, and you need that on both sides of the river. Kentucky seems to be further ahead on this on their side of the river than West Virginia. But either way, you got to get something on both sides of the river, and the two states need to work together to get that done. And I think that's starting to happen. I don't, I, that's not a criticism. I, I think that is happening. But uh, as that continues to move and you start to get that access, and as we heard, it doesn't have to be an expensive access, you know, just just a place to get in and out of the river safely. That's uh, that's all anybody's looking for. And and then ultimately what officials there are hoping will happen is it will spawn off new entrepreneurship, new businesses, things that will cater to tourism and cater to the river. And it's already starting to happen. Uh, Todd Kitts is the owner of a group called Rebel River Outfitters, small outfit out of uh, Fort Gay, West Virginia. He was there. And uh, there, I could have picked any of them to talk to, but I, I just kind of selected him out. He kind of jumped out at me because they rent uh, paddlecraft to a lot of the waters around the Fort Gay area there. And he was talking about, uh, he was telling me about how improving the Tug Fork would certainly enhance 
uh, his business. Well, we started out with just a few kayaks and canoes, and uh, we've just added to the fleet from there. Mm -hmm. And uh, currently, we do all of our rentals over Facebook. Uh, we deliver to any rentable stream in the area, and we're really looking forward to putting kayaks on the tug. I was going to say, how will this benefit your business to have to have the tug become kind of a destination? Uh, it'll benefit us greatly. We'll be able to uh, run river tube trips down the down the river. Uh, right now, we have 16 river tubes. Uh, it's gotten pretty big in flat water in other areas, and we're hoping to bring it to our area. Now, a river tube—that's an inner tube, basically. Just uh, it, uh, the ones we have for rent uh, has the high backs and the armrest cup holders, but. Just kind of lazy, ride down the river. Basically, just like your common lazy rivers, you would mm -hmm. get at a beach house or something. Right, right. And and how long have y'all been in business? Two years. And how? What prompted you to start this? Uh, well, I disabled and I got injured uh, working for the railroad, and that's kind of how I rehabbed my back back into mm -hmm. you know to where I can do more activities. Paddling just seemed to be a little easier than walking, and. It, it worked pretty good for me. Where do you, and, and you all are based in where, you said Fort Gay? Yes, sir. In the Glen Hayes area and up in there? Yes, sir. Where, where, what waters do you service now? Uh, mostly Yatesville Lake, uh, the Leviza Fork, Tug Fork, Big Sandy River. Mm -hmm. So most of your business is in Kentucky then? Yes, sir. Yeah. But this would enable you to bring boats all the way up here to Mate 1 and even further upstream, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Currently, Wayne County has no access to the Tug Fork at all, anywhere in the county. Mm -hmm. uh, the banks uh, are fairly steep, so it's kind of hard to just pick a spot and go over the hill into the river. So uh, a river trail is really needed for Wayne County. The, just to access it. We can, with more river access, we would be able to hold river cleanups, fishing tournaments, just uh, a lot of different events that would benefit the river trail. And as we heard a lot here tonight in this meeting, it doesn't necessarily have to be a big, substantial uh, concrete boat ramp or anything. I mean, just a cleared place that you can park a vehicle and, and, and a way to get to the water. Yeah, that's right. We just need uh, just a way to get to the water, and then we can improve from there. Just. Mm -hmm. We can start small and uh, hold events to, to better our access location. Have you seen your business grow in the last couple of years after you started it and you got it going? Yeah, absolutely. Facebook has really uh, been a big help in getting the word out for the business. and uh, that The majority of our business comes from social media. All right. And it's Rebel River Outfitters. Yes, sir. All right. Todd Kitts. Hey, appreciate your time, man. Uh, you too, sir. That's Todd Kitts. He's with Rebel River Outfitters out of Fort Gay, West Virginia. So that's going to do it for today's show. And uh, if you want to learn more about this, you can go to the outdoors page of WVMetroNews.com. I've written about this meeting that was held last week. And you can learn more about the Tug Fork River there. And hopefully people across West Virginia will start to rediscover this waterway or discover it if they've never been there before. It's, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you it's the Greenbrier or the New at this point, but it's... Not a bad-looking water, and there's some nice fish that are being caught out of there. It might be worth a trip to, uh, to come down and just spend a weekend when the weather breaks and do some fishing or at least paddling because it seems like everybody and their brothers got a kayak these days, and it's a perfect place for that. And the more access they have and the, the cleaner they can make the, uh, the river, 
the better they will do. We'll continue to follow this story on the uh, on the Tug Fork River. Thanks to all my guests and thanks for to, to the friends of the Tug Fork for inviting me down to that meeting and hopefully that will continue to uh, to develop for them. That's going to wrap up this edition of West Virginia Outdoors presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trail System. I'll be back next Saturday morning and we'll do it all again. Hope you'll be with us, everybody.